Welcome to Little Bit Weebish, the podcast where two friends find out the other likes anime too, and they relive and discuss their favorite anime episode by episode. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And we're so happy that all of you guys decided to continue with us and uh, watch episodes 16, 17, and 18. That's what we will be covering today. Oh, man. Sammy, this episode was wild action-packed we are now seeing some new titans and it was wild yeah it was so awesome (laughs) and they left us on some crazy suspense i'm dying they really did and oh this i as we get more into the season i am solidifying remembering all of this that they are just cliffhanger after cliffhanger with every single episode (laughs) well it got so bad when i was watching this the first time that trinidad and i would have to pause like halfway between each episode because the end would be the cliffhanger and we'd have to know so eventually we'd have to like do one more episode but then like stop it in between because next thing you knew it was like two o'clock in the morning (laughs) and we're like crap we have work tomorrow i remember you telling me this and i was like what a freaking weirdo and then totally understood after i started watching totally (laughs) yes you realize how little self-control you have yeah (laughs) when you watch the show and you just get like all of this emotional overload. Oh my gosh, yes. And you've got to cut yourself off at some point because then it's just torture. Oh my at that gosh, point. yes. You literally can't stop the mystery. It all just it just gets you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's get on to our episode. We are talking about episode 16, and the title is What Needs to Be Done Now? Eve of the Counterattack, Part Three. And now we will have Megan with our 30-second intro. Okay, so right after the captured Titans were killed, all the ODM gear of each cadet was inspected, but nothing turned up. So while this process was going on, Connie, who was next to Armin and Annie, admits that he's kind of glad someone killed the Titans because he couldn't stand looking at them. But Armin said that whoever did that may have actually helped the Titans more than anything because all that knowledge was lost. So some food for thought there. And yeah, and right. And then eventually all these cadets who were not assigned to a regiment were um, going to meet with Ervin Smith the commander to choose whether or not they were going to join the scouts. And Ervin just openly discusses this plan to go to Aaron's family cellar to get knowledge about the Titans, to take back Walmaria and this expedition that they're going to go on in a month. And at first Armin's like, um, what is he saying? He's divulging too much information. Uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) But then later he's just like, hmm, if he's baiting the hook, who does he intend to catch? And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That was too much. (laughs) And then in the end, um, a small handful of scouts, including 
Mikasa, Armin, Jean, Reiner, Bertolt, Sasha, Connie, Emir, and Krista, they were the ones that were left. So they got their uniforms, they see Aaron for a moment, and then they prepare themselves for the 57th recon mission. How cool is that part where they show where they get their uniforms? Oh my gosh, it was so epic. I geeked out big time. I was like, this just reminds me of, if you remember the old Batman movies with, oh, who was it? He's from Top Gun. I'm oh. blanking on his name. Anyway, if you know, you know, Iceman from Top yeah. Gun mm-hmm. as Batman blanking. Um, and they have like this beginning scene where it's Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, and they're all getting, like, in their gear, and you see them, like, pulling on their gloves and dusting their uh, belts and stuff like that, and that's just kind of what it reminded me of. I was like, oh, they're putting on, like, their cape coats and their ODM gear. Totally epic. Also, you can total. I can totally see why getting um, scout capes is, like, a big thing within the anime community. (laughs) (laughs) because it's so cool like who wouldn't want that (laughs) oh for sure i yeah i think it was just a very cool moment but that was just a little bit of my geekdom for you um we can move on to our themes and there was one theme that i felt like that was the most prevalent during this episode and for me it was the question of putting your life on the line Mm. um There were so many moments where people were being asked, like, what are they risking their lives for? Why would you be a scout? Um, Would, like, pretty much Annie at one point says, like, if somebody told you to jump off of a cliff, would you? But she says it in terms of, like, if somebody told you to kill yourself, would you do it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that just happens over and over again, like, Jean questions himself like he had already made the speech about going to the scouts and then he's like but I haven't had to yet so do I still do it oh yeah oh totally well and back to Annie though when Annie says like if someone ordered you to die would you Connie just says like of course not but that's kind of how it is in the scouts and then Armin says I think I might if the situation called for it and I knew my sacrifice would save others. I think I would die if I was called to do that, Um, which is totally, I don't know. It's very contrasting to old Armin because, you know, old Armin, he had that small blade a few episodes ago. He was ready to take himself out. And but now he's had this shift where... Maybe it's because he faced the Titans and lived, and maybe it's because he created this amazing plan that saved Trost. He now is like, you know, if I want to live, but if someone asks me to die for the cause, then I will. And, you know, with Jean, you know, he he has this moment... I mean, near the fire, they're burning their friends, which is so, so sad. And he's just like, if I hadn't become a soldier, I wouldn't have to worry about any of this, you know? And, but he has this flash to, you know, Aaron in that pub or that meeting hall or whatever 
uh, the place that we couldn't really figure out what it was called. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> but Jean, he then says, like, we have to fight. I know we do. I don't. I'm not like the suicidal maniac like Aaron is. But I have to do this. And, you know, of course, he gets visited by, Mar- by Marco, which cue tears. That got me. Ugh, big time. And in this flashback, he remembers that he has something of value to offer. He is a leader, you know, and it's not because he's big and brave and strong. It's because he knows what weakness is. And so in a way that also helps him come to grips with the fact that he needs to do more than just be an MP. He needs to put his life on the line. Yeah. And I think it's, um, there's also this aspect of, well, for what reasons would you put your, would, sorry, what reasons would you put your life on the line? Um, You've already seen them put their lives on the line so many times already. You've seen them risk their lives as as scouts, even though they aren't scouts yet. Um, Risking their lives on behalf of humanity. um, Risking their lives for friends. There are so many different reasons in knowledge, I guess. I forgot to say that one as well for, for knowledge and freedom. Totally. They've already risked their lives for that. And who's to say that those aren't worthy causes? Oh, um, yes, absolutely. And I, I just, yeah, I think that it's really important to put that out there that like they, Annie kind of puts it in a black and white term of if someone ordered you to die, would you do it? Well, that's, I would say that that's unfair because what, who are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? What is the nuance of that question, the situation? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, if we look back um, with Levi and the one scout that was dying that he's holding onto his hand for dear life. And he's like, just tell me that it's worth it. Just tell me that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And Levi tells him that it's worth it. Um, that, that, scout put his life on the line and he just wanted to know like I put my faith or I put my my trust in you and 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 my friends around me to make sure that like we would be better off and if it took my life to do it then so be it um and so I feel like it's just a tad bit unfair maybe more than a tad bit for Annie just to put it in those black and white terms but I think that it it goes towards her benefit by doing that well totally because i think this falls into your why you know your personal why because for aaron it's for freedom for armin it's for knowledge and freedom for everyone's got a different why but we don't really know annie's why she seems to just be in it for herself and for her own protection at least kind of like how Jean was like, I want to be as far away from all this. I don't want to die, you know, until he had his major change of heart. Yeah. So, you know, we don't know Annie's why, but we kind of know the others. And I think that those are big enough reasons for them to be willing to do that if if the situation calls for it. Um, it makes me think of... Uh, when Commander Irvin tells the cadets, look, in the past four years, we've had 
of our troops die. We need all the bodies we can get. And, you know, they're going to conduct this recon mission. And he estimates that in this recon mission, there will be at least a third who die. And, and he even asks, I ask you, are, if you're willing to die, would you? And, um, kind of an, an unfair question also, but it, it really made all of them stop and think to the point where some of the scouts were like, oh, you've scared off literally everyone. And Everybody. a small handful of them stayed. And Ervin said, you know, you are now one of us. And this is a genuine salute. Together we give our hearts. You've proven yourself courageous and you have my respect which coming from a man like Commander Ervin probably like means the world basically, but yeah, they knew the risks. I mean, he painted a horrible picture, and yet they still, all of them, at least were immovable. Even though they were completely fearful, they were immovable in their conviction at that moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think to wrap up this theme, I just wanted to to kind of close with after, you know, everybody, what am I trying to say here? Um, I guess there, there's at one point where everybody's kind of grouped together and Jean, like Jean does, <laughs> he makes a speech. Totally. Um, and he really, he, he definitely gives some good, like, I'm going to step on my soapbox moments. Um, and I did put in my notes, I feel like he's always making a speech. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he makes a good point. Um, because he's pointing out that they, they, as a group, are putting their lives on the line. And he says, asking Aaron to prove himself to them, that they will risk their lives for him and to protect him. And so he's saying, like, I need you to come, you know, at least halfway with me here. Like, we're putting a lot of trust in you. We are sacrificing our lives based off of information that you are giving to everybody. And we don't know if it's true, totally. but we are holding out hope for this. And it kind of gives this moment of Aaron is like, they're sacrificing. I need to sacrifice too. Like I will, I will sacrifice myself to prove to you that I am worth it. And it was just kind of like this bonding moment between all of them of like mutual respect over, like I said, putting their lives on the line for one each, one one another. Kind of like this blood pact. Oh, almost. totally. Well, and he said, "Make us believe you're worth dying for." And yeah, yeah. You you commented like, "Here's another one of Jean's speeches," <laughs> but in that moment for yeah. me, I was like. <laughs> I think Jean is more honorable than I initially gave him credit for in that moment because it wasn't just because at first he was, you know, calling Aaron out and being all like, you know, cut the crap, Mikasa, you know, you might be willing to die for him, but not everyone is. And, you know, yeah. he it wasn't that Jean was unwilling to die for Aaron. He wanted to just make sure that. Aaron was worth it. And he, I, I just thought his little speech was awesome. <laughs> like you said, and 
again, it just made him be more honorable than what I thought he would be. And I was very surprised when he did that speech. Um, just yesterday, Megan and I were doing some social media <laughs> work. <laughs> and she asked the question of, who is my favorite? And I was like, well, so far, Jean. Like, I know. I know I have never said that. I know. Never said that. <laughs> um, but I was trying to diversify my answers a little bit to the questions that you were having. And I realized how polarizing Jean can be, but also he's really trying to protect. And I find that very admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, this moment of his soapbox is not necessarily for him because he's already already solidified twice that he is going to go to the scouts, but he knows that he's that uh, they're going to lose some really good friends um, that might not want to be a scout anymore, like Sasha and Connie and mm-hmm. um, Reiner and Barrelholt. Barrelholt. <sighs> I always have a Barrelholt. Barrelholt. Oh my gosh. Yeah, very <laughs> Now that I'm nervous and flustered. Um, and so like he knows that they're going to lose good scouts because of this fear. And he's like, just like give us something to believe in. Right. And follow through. And yeah, I just I felt like in that moment I was like, Jean is one of my favorites. I know. Even though he can kind of be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was shocked. But, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I agree. I feel like ever since the moment where he unofficially became a leader, he's just, you know, gotten yes. better and better and better in my eyes. And I'm like, huh, you are not the awful person you you first were in the beginning. And I love being proved wrong every now and then. Yeah, he's not a lot of proof. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're talking about what we like, (laughs) um, let's go on to our section about what we like. Um, You kind of touched on a little bit about uh, Irwin. Okay. So we had this conversation. Is it Irwin or Irvin? They pronounce it Irvin, but in the subsection, it's spelled E-R-W-I-N. And so I just pronounce it as American as possible, (laughs) of course. And because I'm a very phonetic reader. <laughs> um, so I really like Irwin's doom speech. That's what I call it. His doom speech to everybody. Um, and I thought it was so funny to see the other scouts just say, uh, I don't think we're going to get any new recruits after that. <laughs> yeah. And I just, it was just so oh, funny. Oh, man. Well, and for me, the part that I loved were the times when Jean and Aaron could see Marco. Oh, Those were some tearjerker moments. And oh my gosh, why am I crying? <laughs> okay, the part where Aaron sees Marco putting on the Wings of Freedom jacket. Oh, oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> I mean, so that to me was like, one of the most touching scenes ever because of course Marco was just such a sweet teddy bear you know he wanted to be honorable and he wanted to serve and in in his initial moment he thought that serving the king was the greatest honor but then just like that moment where we could see Marco putting on that cape with the wings of freedom I'm like oh my gosh I need to stop. I'm getting emotional, but it was such a good scene. Why am I a crying baby? 
No, I specific. <laughs> I specifically put in my notes asterisks, bawling asterisks, because I was like, I am just bawling over here seeing Marco. And it's so interesting that he plays such a huge role in the motivation for a lot of these scouts because you really didn't see a lot of screen time. No. And you can tell that the way he died, just the mystery behind it, is so alarming and painful to his friends, especially Jean and Aaron. The fact that they don't know how he went out, it just, it eats them Mm -hmm. up so bad because you can tell that he meant a lot to them um so yeah i mean just i'm i miss that freckled haired or the freckled um the freckled (laughs) kid you know (laughs) not the freckled haired that'd be really weird i I will I will say that um, if you are a lover of Marco, there is a lot of good fan art out on Pinterest specifically. I guess if you just say Marco AOT yeah. uh, fan art, you will find really uh, just like really beautifully done ones where he's very angelic Aww. standing over um, Jean or, you know, whoever it is that's in the picture. But I just remember seeing and this was probably a sp- this was a spoiler for me, but uh, one character holding another character bawling with Marco as like this ghost angel like figure oh. standing over them. And I was like, this is Sammy, don't get me back in my feelings. I'm going to lose it. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, shout out to whoever did those fan arts because they are beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Um, but we can move on at this point, unless you have something else. (laughs) Let's bridge it to past episodes. Okay. So yeah, we're going to bridge to past episodes just really quick. Um, I thought that it was interesting because, um, at the beginning of the season, you see Aaron, Mikasa and Armin kind of as younger children looking at the scouts like, Ooh, ah, pointing to them and thinking that they're pretty cool. Um, but in this episode, uh, I, it, Closer to the end, I believe, uh, little kids are poking their heads out of a window to look at the scouts and say how cool they are. And um, Aaron kind of looks over at them as he's sitting on top of his horse. And Aaron has gone from being that kid to being the scout on the horse that's being glorified. And I think that that's really cool to see that come full circle. I know. I thought that that was so cute, too. Um, Now, Sammy, in past episodes, you mentioned paying attention to the intro outro like songs so even though i don't like this new intro music sorry but not sorry um i still paid attention and there's a moment where armin just gets covered in blood he's like looking up at the sky and then blood just drenches all over him and then he like looks back down like angrily right in the screen and the blood just like washes over him and like he's clean again and to me it's kind of symbolic of what we've seen so far he is way more brave than what he was despite that he's seen the titans and it's kind of like he's fired up like he's ready to take them down in his own way of course with his wonderful beautiful brain but i just thought that was cool yeah like a baptism by blood kind of thing, where he's just like 
fresh and new and ready oh, yeah, to roll. Totally. Ooh. <laughs> okay, that wraps up this episode 16 for us. We are now we are now going to move to episode 17. Okay, so we are now moving on to episode 17, Female Titan, the 57th Exterior Scouting Mission, Part 1. Holy freaking cow, we have a female Titan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Sammy is going to just refresh us with the 30-second summary. Okay, well, thanks, Megan, for the spoiler that we have a female Titan. No, it was the title that gives it all I mean, away. it is in the title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember seeing that for the first time and I was like, female Titan? What? And, you know, because I what? am a weirdo that reads the title before actually watching the episode. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, we find out that there's a female Titan uh, during this episode. But before that, um, it's decided that they are going to do a practice round to see if they can get Aaron to Shiganshina. Um, and to get them just outside Walmaria. Um, they decide that they need to create like this new route since, um, the other route has been pretty much destroyed. Um, so that's why they're doing this practice, practice round. Um, they, they decide that they are going to get into the semicircle formation, uh, to see if they can map out where all the Titans are, if there are any abnormals and to create a route that they can take in the future. Um, during this whole time, a lot of people are killed in the experiment, (laughs) But the whole right wing is then wiped out when a female Titan barrels her way through. She's massive. She's blonde. She's fast as hell. <laughs> like, she is so... Yeah. She is so intense. And yeah, she's just wiping out everybody. Um, but then she starts seeing this hooded figure, which happens to be Armin. And she ends up grabbing him, which is something that's very different and weird about a titan because usually they don't just grab them they grab them and then eat them uh but yeah she grabs armin pulls back his hood and then puts him back down um and in that moment we see some intelligence um armin figures that she's looking for a specific someone and that he with jean and reiner should try to slow her down so that others can get away And so um, Armin comes up with this idea that they should all go after her and follow her, but make sure that they put their hoods up and try to take her down. Um, There were a couple of attempts, one by Jean and one by Reiner, um, but um, they both get swatted at at some point. And Armin starts yelling that Aaron is dead, which stops the female Titan just as she's about to, to kill Reiner. Um, But Reiner then gets free, and then she starts running towards the center of the formation, which Armin realizes is towards Aaron. And specifically, he says suicidal maniac. And let's be honest, those are some choice words. (laughs) So it's like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Yeah. Um, (laughs) The whole thing is just so good. Um, this was really action packed. So we're just going to start out with, to me was an obvious kind of theme, which was to just do the scary thing. Um, cause here's the truth. 
this is the first recon mission for the new recruits. And, I mean, they basically are going in blind. They have, you know, Ervin's speech to, that basically says a third of them will die. Yeah. Um, they have this plan, but there's a lot of pivoting involved. They're constantly adjusting their course. And Sasha, she has these encounters with Titans and she's told, you know, eyes forward and to just trust that the scouts around her will take down the Titans for her. And then there's Reiner, Jean, and Armin who are going after the female Titan. And it's just like, what the heck? How come, how is Armin part of this trio going to take this down? But, um... They knew how critical it was to take her down or slow her down. And yeah, everyone is just being thrown into this doing the scary thing. Yeah, I feel like as soon as people put on that cape, they just became crazy people. Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yes. Like they, maybe, maybe not crazy people. Well, I still do feel that way. Let's be honest. Yeah. I feel you stand by. Yeah, it. I stand by what I say. Yeah, I stand by it. <laughs> but I, I also think that they kind of feel justified. Like all of this crazy stuff has happened to us, so why not? Well, again, it goes back to that why. The why is pushing them forward to do the crazy stuff. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Armin, I feel like Armin just feels like he cheated death once uh, with having Aaron save him, <laughs> and so he's like, well. I shouldn't be alive anyway, so like let's just mess around with it. And he just yeah, feel going for it. Yeah, and he just he that just fuels his scheming skills. I feel like he's just he's ready to risk it, and he's like, I will come up with these crazy plans that are going to work. And yeah, he does crazy, scary things. Like, oh, she picked me up because I had my hood on and pulled my hood back, and she didn't kill me. So, like, let's just try it again. Let's do with like, experiment part two. <laughs> let's see what she does this time. Yes. Well, this also ties into my other theme, Sammy, which we can go back and forth, interchange these two. Okay. But it's dig deeper because Armin, the entire time, he encounters the female Titan. It's like he is all of a sudden analyzing every single aspect of the female Titan, like, what is this motive, you know, from the hood to, you know, charging through the right wing, which we know that the scouts were all given different information based on where Aaron would be. Yeah. You know, Reiner and Armin were said, or it was told that Aaron would be on the right wing. Jean said the left. So everyone's got this different information. So uh, Armin's just, you know, hypothesizing where he could be and hypothesizing that perhaps this is why the female Titan is just like brutally murdering and not just eating us, you know? Yeah. And then on a hunch screaming suicidal maniac just before the Titan was going to kill Jean and Reiner. So, I mean, Armin's brain and the ability to just like go deep is amazing. Yeah, I, the more, <laughs> at first when I was watching this series and we were talking about like who we relate to and I was thinking, 
oh, I'm Armin. Like, I'm the scaredy cat. I would be terrified and sheltered <laughs> and not do anything. And now I'm like, I am nothing like Armin. I cannot think that fast. I feel like my husband, John, I keep calling, wanting to call him John. My husband, John, <laughs> my husband, John, is like a very quick thinking guy. Like he is super, super smart, always wins in every bickering fight that we have. Can I just say I lose all of the time? Uh, because that is hilarious. He's just, he's smart. He thinks on his feet and that is, that would be John. John would be Armin, except, you know, more likable. But I can't, I can't do that. I'm no longer relatable to Armin because I can't think that fast. And I feel like he did a lot of thinking in a very short period of time. <laughs> so basically, pre, pre-Titans, you are Armin with the books and, you know, not being a total fighter. <laughs> yes. That is hilarious. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Armin, I totally thought... Okay, he doesn't really bring much to the table, bless his heart. Well, actually, even Jean pointed out in this episode where he was just like, not gonna lie, I thought you were, you know, like clinging on to Aaron as of this weird security blanket, and I thought that was totally creepy, but now I can see that you are brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and Armin's like, uh, not sure how to take that, but thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, you know, he's, uh, you know, as Armin is slowly winning everyone around him, you know, winning them over, he's slowly winning us over. (laughs) Where we're like, holy crap, you are so good at what you do with that brain. Definitely. (sighs) But, um... But yeah, I mean, that's basically what this super fast-paced episode told me, was just doing the scary thing for all of them. I mean, including the old recruits, too, because, you know, they're on the ground, and that's their most vulnerable because the ODM gear doesn't work great when they're on their horses with, like, nothing to propel them up and forward. Um, So, I mean this was scary for all of them. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like, you know, between that and just Armin going crazy, um, that really just, I think that we can apply those lessons to us, to be honest, you know, where we can do the scary thing in our lives that betters our future, even though it's kind of crazy, kind of scary. And then also just, you know, to not take things at face value, but to dig deeper into, you know, the motives and agendas of, you know, the people and things around us. I think that those are things we can apply to ourselves, you know? Definitely. I would very much agree with that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that was super quick, but honestly, it was such a quick episode. So let's move on to what we liked. (laughs) Maybe people miss this really quick, but <laughs> Raina has made his second butt joke of the series, you guys. Okay. <laughs> he like they're chasing after the female Titan on horseback. And Raina just goes, got a nice ass for a Titan. And it's just like, Raina, you could die at any second. Like, what is the deal here with you commenting on people's butts? 
or making butt jokes. He's just, he's obsessed. I think we'll find more of his obsessions later on, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Ooh, yep, wink, wink. But, um, yeah, I just thought that that was hilarious. Um, Just like how I thought his first joke was hilarious, too. <laughs> well, who was it that, like, pointed out to Reiner? They were like, are you for real wanting this to be, like, a butt joke, be your very last words if we die here? at age it was Jean and isn't it hilarious that Jean is with him the second <laughs> time true that's very true <laughs> oh, um but yeah then then the last thing that I liked because I thought it was sweet not because it was great but just the moment before the female titan comes an abnormal comes and um these scouts that were kind of close to Armin knew that if the abnormal just passed, it would go heading right towards Armin. And so they're like, the rookie shouldn't have to deal with that. So they worked extra hard to take it down so that Armin wouldn't have to deal with it. And I just thought, that is so... It's that kindness factor where it's like, Armin can literally do nothing for these people. And yet they they just wanted to do that for him. And I just thought that was so beautiful and sweet. Anyway, Sammy, what did you like? We're going back to how my brain doesn't think this way, the way that Armin does, and how I'm just not as quick-witted. And so the fact that he was able to to think so quickly and analyze what the female Titan was doing is just so amazing to me. Like, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I can't do it. And, and that's <laughs> something that I truly do admire in other people is just that quick-witted or fast-thinking ability. And I, I really like to praise people for it. And so for that, I'm just like, Armin, you are absolutely amazing. And, and to try to deceive her by yelling about Aaron and making it seem like he is dead and just trying to see if that will do anything is just absolutely amazing to me. So I I loved that part. I thought it was crazy, but just so amazing. I mean, and it saved their lives. You know, it. I'm right there with you. That was amazing too. Um, now, Sammy, you found a connection to past episodes that I didn't. So why don't you talk about that bridge to past episodes? Sure. Um, so I really liked the comparison between the way that they reacted with this female Titan and how fast and quick witted and um, how daring they were uh, to use your words. They were doing the scary thing and digging deeper to try to make this mission possible. And I just really liked the comparison from that with the female Titan to the armored Titan and the colossal Titan and how they reacted to them. I mean, you remember everybody just standing on the wall after the second attack by the armored Titan. And they were just like, I can't believe it's happening again. We feel like we're so prepared and yet we still are decimated. Well, this time they felt prepared and they were prepared. Totally. Yeah. And I think that it's just because like, there's that spirit, there's that drive, there's that desire. And now they feel like they truly belong. They're no longer nobody's like they have a family now 
well, they have a family again, I guess I should say. Um, they have a place, they have a purpose. And I think that that's something that's really important to note in this comparison because it really gives them something to drive them. Totally. I feel like the scouts in general are just built different. And like, let's be honest, the other times they were either one children or two, they were either not assigned to a regiment or they were, you know, surrounded by the garrison. But I feel like perhaps being surrounded by their own, the scouts, I mean, they're just, like I said, they're different. They're, you know, at a higher level of working past the fear than other people. And so I feel like that just collectively helps everyone, you know? No, I agree. Totally. All right. Well, that was super quick, but let's move on to episode 18. Okay, everybody. We are now moving on to episode 18. Forest of Giant Trees, the 57th Exterior Scouting Mission, Part 2. And here is Megan with our 32nd summary. So Jean, Reiner, and Armin have escaped from the female Titan. And thankfully, Krista appears with extra horses. Yay, Krista! What a babe. And they're... I know, what a babe. (laughs) And (laughs) they are now safe. Um... For the time being, and they get back on course, the four of them. And so the female Titan, she is making her way to the center of the formation where she assumes Aaron will be. And many people die in the process trying to stop her. And the formation just, it continues to veer and change directions. And so now the center of the formation you know, which has the wagons and Levi's squad with Aaron are told to go through a forest of giant trees with everyone else um, going around the tall trees. Um, And eventually they're told to stop and perch themselves up and not let any Titans in. It feels very bizarre to them and questions are starting to come up about this plan Um, But in the forest, the female Titan bursts through the trees right behind Levi's squad and the squad draws their blades as she approaches and Petra is screaming to Levi for the orders. Do they use the ODM gear or not? What the heck's the plan? The Titan is literally on top of them right at that moment and Levi grabs his flare gun and tells them to cover their ears. And then that's it. We are left in complete suspense till the next week. And that is why Megan and her husband pause in the middle of a freaking episode. (laughs) Yes. I mean, try to have more self-control than me and Trinidad. But um, if you can't, stopping in between an episode totally works. So if you have to continue. Like, right now, my heart is beating just remembering that moment and being like, gosh, dang it. Like, why? Why do we stop just right there? Can you can you imagine if we are one of those people who are watching this, like, episode by episode, week by week, with no ability to binge? Oh, that would have been horrible. My millennial brain can't wrap my... 
can't wrap around that. Nope. <laughs> like, no, nope, we're not going to do it. Yep. <laughs> Which is why I wait until the season or a show is almost over to start watching it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep. Okay, so let's move on to our themes. Um, I think that as we are getting further into Attack on Titan, I feel like I narrowed down, I've been able to narrow down to just one um, or two themes a lot easier. I feel like we're getting into this process um, where we're really able to to find like this one main theme. And um, at first I said faith um, was the theme, but I feel like it's more trust. And I don't know why faith, faith for some reason just had a weird connotation for me. Um, mm-hmm. I can see that because faith doesn't, it has like this intangibility aspect to it and putting faith in a human being, it doesn't quite fit, but having trust in a human being, I feel like, yeah, trust. Yeah. I also agree with trust over faith. Yeah. And I feel like, also partially because of the attack on Titan view of the word faith. Like if you were a person in attack on Titan that, that was not um, following the wall, the wall cultists, if you use the word faith, like that would be very weird. And so I feel like it just comes more with trust because of that. Um, Sorry. Good call. But it was just a very, weird thought ADHD thought that happened in my mind where I went on this trail a uh, uh, tangent <laughs> like I am now well, <laughs> you know but I am right there with you on the trust factor I'm on the trust train with you <laughs> well, <good. laughs> um, but I feel like there there was a lot of trust to be had trust to be asked for um, and trust to be applied because um, they had a quote-unquote plan right and then they find out that not everybody was fed the same plan and then they realized we've got to put trust in our commander that he did that for a reason um like he put this plan in motion and we had color codes of um flares put in place so that we could map things out but it ended up being that nobody really knew where the key person was well i guess i guess one group knew where the the key person was, uh, but not everybody did. And so you had to have this trust in the commander. um, And that was for the scouts as a whole. But then there's, there's trust in Levi's smaller group in Levi trying to figure out, um, I mean, over and over again, they are screaming to Levi, captain, what do we do? Captain, should we act? Captain, captain, captain. And Aaron's having this inner dialogue of everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. And as the episode progresses, he realizes that nobody knows what's going on. And he's even questioning if Levi knows what's going on. (laughs) And he's like, Levi at one point says that you need to have trust in your, in your group, that they will protect you, that they will do what they are supposed to do. And that you just keep your eyes forward and keep moving. So uh, there's there's that. And there's a lot of mistrust. I mean, Jean goes through this whole inner dialogue as well of just questioning everything <laughs> and being very unhappy about it and talking about how he's like, 
I could kill this guy and nobody would know. Like I could kill this commander and then everybody would, or not this commander, this captain and nobody would care and everybody would go about doing their things. And they even talk about, well, everything's blown to bits. Shouldn't we be making our way back? Should we still be continuing forward? Should we just go back to the wall and not continue? And there's a lot of trust and mistrust that's going on. But I would say the trust definitely outweighs the mistrust because they still move forward. Um, Also, can you be imagine or can you imagine being sweet Armin hearing Jean just like talk about how the whole situation is screwed? You know, I if I heard someone doing that, I'd be like, "Uh, okay, like with my like one eye going twitchy because I'd be so stressed, like, what's going to happen? Really? You know? And, um, you know, but he just needed to vent. He thought the whole situation was crap. Um, and he even asked Armin if he agreed with this strategy or is it a bunch of crap? And that made Armin think, like, why would the commander put us up in these trees? Like, this is not what the plan said. Why are we on the perimeter of the trees? Why are we making sure no Titans get in? But why are we like just not, we're not told to kill them. We just need to make sure they don't go in. You know, he's questioning all this. And then, oh my gosh, Sammy, when he says, that's not the question I should be asking. Totally had a Pixis moment. Not going to lie. I was like, (laughs) you are at that level, Armin. (laughs) It's almost at the point where he like has so much trust that he's like, I'm not, I'm not questioning um, his reasoning. I'm, I'm questioning like, how did he get to this point and what am I missing so that I can be at his level almost? Oh, totally. Armin, again, brilliant mind. But um, I mean, yeah, the whole time I feel like this just is kind of a testament to Commander Ervin's leadership thus far. Because despite all the crazy pivoting that they've had to do, all the changes, everything, everyone is still riding on the plan. They're still like, all right, I guess we'll be in these trees. I guess we'll plow forward. I'm going to wait for my leader's signal to tell me otherwise. I feel like that... is a huge testament to Commander Irvin's leadership abilities that this whole thing is going to crap, you know, seemingly. And they're still yeah. they're still going at it. Yeah. Yeah, and it just it kind of makes you think, okay, what has he done in the past to earn so much trust and so much respect? And what has Levi done? even with his subgroup because his his like little group that he has seems so freaking tight like what's going on there that totally they had well, been together in some really heavy stuff totally well petra was with him when the the town was broken into so i mean we at least know that she's been with levi for a while yeah but you're right and i mean Aaron, he does have that moment where he's just like, okay, Levi tells me I need to, you know, note it, like, pay attention to what's going on around me. I need to remain calm, you know, so obviously I need to do this and I'm sure the others are. 
and he looks they're panicking too a, but a little more collected still riding with Levi and again he's super tight but then also Levi's trust in Commander Irvin because I mean does he know the plan I mean part of me says of course but then another part of me is like does he yeah. I don't know because Aaron seems like, like the total person that's like I can handle going like on the fly doing this on the fly I can handle it like no big deal totally and it just makes me think you know because Levi obviously we have been hinted of this past this very rogue past yeah so it just makes me think like what kind of relationship do you have to have or do you have to work on if you are a commander such as Commander Irvin to have such trust, you know, a trusting relationship with people like Levi and with, you know, your other subordinates? I mean, it's it's incredible. I hope I hope in later episodes they show this more. But for now, we just have to assume that he's completely epic and awesome. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> and the ideal leader. So you know um okay so let's let's move on to what we liked um i will say i okay i am a sucker for the comedy moments like every single time um (laughs) and i think that it is so funny when krista rides up with those extra horses and jean reiner and armin are all like oh you know like (laughs) and you even have this moment where here's reiner with his one-liners that says my wife and (laughs) and i just like i just go nuts i every yeah every time i've seen that scene every time so what's hilarious is that reiner totally pulled an emir and was like my wife someday that's who she is and i'm like Sweet Krista, so cute, so nice. It's like, can we blame any of these characters for being a little like love struck? Yeah, by Krista. I think that it's so funny where they just do like the glow behind her head and like a little bit of a hair shake to see her turn her head, <laughs> and it's just like classic, like going back to anime rom com kind of totally moment, and you know giving us that little fix that we need to plow us through the rest of the episode because we have been in it deep. Deep, yeah. So, <laughs> definitely. Um, that was my favorite moment. Oh, I loved it too. Uh, but my other favorite, and this is like the literal opposite of cute and sweet because this is like mm. cruel and sick. But when the female yeah. titan kills all those scouts, in particular... The part where they're like coming at her in all sides and they go to her heels, they go to her spine and they're going after her neck and it looks like, oh, they're going to get her. But then all of a sudden she just like jumps and it just like catches them all off guard. I'm like, whoa, that was like so cool, even though it was horrible and to make matters worse she then grabs one of them and just starts like twirling it like you would a yo-yo or something and just smiles so cruelly at the guy the leftover guy i mean 
And she punts him. That guy that was left, she goes after him and punts him off the horse. I know. And also, dang, the poor horse. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, of course, poor human, but come on, leave the horses out of it. It's totally icky, twisty, gross, but also, so cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah. So people don't think I'm a psycho. I just thought it was cool. But that's the kind kind of show that Attack on Titan is. You're just like, hmm, I appreciate that so much. Yes. It's horrible, but kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, let's um, really quickly go over to Bridge to Past episodes. Um, I think that we're seeing more intelligence on the Titans side. Um, They've talked about it previously with the Armored Titan and the Colossal Titan, how there are defense mechanisms that are put in place with both of them. Um, Them trying to kick down the wall um, to let other Titans in. Like there are motives behind um, those two Titans, but with the female Titan, we're seeing a lot more. Um, We see her understanding human language. We are seeing her um, having deductive reasoning and looking for a particular face, which also means that she recognizes some of these faces like she is looking for a face in particular and thinking okay this is not the one that i'm looking for put him down this is not the one that i'm looking for punt him into the fear into the forever unknown uh, <laughs> like there there's some intelligence there oh 100 and we're just seeing that they are incredibly abnormal from other Titans and not abnormal in the sense that they talk about it in the show where they've labeled certain Titans abnormal. They're just in an entire class of their own. Um, Like like you said, Sammy, they have a clear agenda and it somehow revolves around tearing down the walls and targeting Aaron. You know, we're slowly but surely hopefully connecting dots here yeah um and for this episode since it is our last one that we are covering during this podcast we decided to do mvps so i think that we both landed on the same mvp is that i mean totally yeah okay maybe (laughs) i mean our notes say the same thing um so i i'm guessing that it's the same uh, but we decided <laughs> for the sick and twisted, the female Titan was our MVP <laughs> because that outweighed, that outweighed the speeches, that outweighed the planning, <laughs> that outweighed the cuteness. A, a roar goes through the crowd. Everyone erupts into applause. They all agree with us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but for real though, it. That was super cool. Yeah. And epic. And I mean, the first distinct female Titan, like, clearly she's in a special class all her own. Yeah. I think she is worthy of an MVP. But I do have to say, Sammy, I do have an honorary uh, award. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, did this guy even show up in any of the three episodes? Oh, wait, no, he did. He did in the first one. 
Um, but like he did not get a whole lot of screen time in this, and that's mm-hmm. Commander Ervin. And the reason being why he's an honorary MVP, even though he didn't get like a crazy amount of screen time, is that he had completely analyzed this plan and formation at like the every single weakness point he eliminated to the point where he gave misleading information intentionally on Aaron's whereabouts to bait the culprits to this mission. You know, he's plowing forward despite the fact that he knows the regiment's probably going to think he's nuts. You know, he's got this bigger agenda that he's dealing with. And again, what I said is, you know, earlier, his troop is still riding with him, which shows that he is obviously a good leader who's been trustworthy up until this point, despite the chaoticness that's going on. So I got to I gotta give an honorary MVP to Commander <laughs> Irvin. <laughs> and I guess I said this before we started um, recording, but I just felt like these episodes were just so crazy and awesome that everybody just deserved an M- MVP, which is why I totally went and left field and was like, the female Titan. Um, <laughs> but seriously, like you said with Commander Irvin, like – so many people did a ton of stuff during these three episodes, just being absolutely amazing. There's Jean trying to make sure that they get as many good scouts as they possibly could. Um, you have Aaron who is going very much against his nature and trusting people who he doesn't know very well. Um, like you said, Commander right. Aaron with his planning um, Armin with his suicidal maniac plans that really fair out some good information for you. Just uh, so many, so many. And there's even Krista with those horses. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the truth. if you're listening, if you're listening to this and you're like, what the heck, Megan and Sammy, you know, X, Y, Z, so-and-so that person should have been MVP. You know what? You're right. You, you can right. email us and tell us. You can tell us who you think should have been the MVP. We would <laughs> I'd love to know. Yeah, like let's get some let's get some emails out there um with who you think was the MVP because honestly everybody has a really good case, but we would really like to hear from you as to who you think. Yes, so like we always say at the end of every episode, you can email us at littlebitweebish at gmail.com. And now you have to email us because you have our email now. <laughs> so Megan just gave you our email. Um, we also have our TikTok and our Instagram, which we post on quite frequently and love to have you know, feedback, but it is also called Little Bit Weebish for both TikTok and Instagram. And then um, we will just have to tell you that next episode for our podcast, we will be covering 19, or sorry, episodes 19, 20, and 21. Um, And if you wouldn't mind, we would love it if you would leave us a rating on whatever platform that you are watching, or not watching us, because you're not watching us. Um, leave, <laughs> leave us um, a rating 
on whatever platform that you are listening to us um, or share your podcast with your friends, whether you are just starting to watch anime or have watched anime for a really long time. Um, we would love all different types of listeners and lots of different perspectives and opinions. Um, the more the merrier. And tag us if you share us on social media too. Anything else, Megan? No, I think that covers it. We'd love to hear from you guys. Okay, thanks so much, everybody. See ya.